0: So appropriate, that special music. Um, God's love and I am free. So God's love, I stand here before you because of God's love. Nothing on my own. Today is my birthday. Um, I am 68 years old and I should have died 39 years ago, 40 years ago. Even um, the the years in which I was born, I should have died because of polio. Okay, pandemic was going around when I was a child and God um, spared me for that. So I thank God for my years and for him being with me. God is love and his love, that's what I was saying about the song is so appropriate is because God loves each of us. And what I'm gonna talk about today is a demonstration of his love. So uh, there's there's a statement Sunday is for football, Saturday is for blank, fill in the blank. And by the way, uh, my head elder keeps saying preacher, the preacher, the preacher. I don't consider myself a preacher, I'm a teacher and I love to share what I have learned with my students. So, Sunday is for football, Saturday is for Church. Okay. Thank you very much. Worship. Also, this sermon is coming in two parts. Sunday is for football. Saturday is for church. And the second part will be Sunday or Sabbath, Scripture applied. So we're going to um, go into Scripture on this. Saturday church attendance appears to be out of step. Saturday church attendance seems to be out of step with Sunday Christian tradition. They think that I'm confused by going to church on the, quote, wrong day. My going to church on Saturday may appear strange, but I do it because I am committed to follow in the Bible. So why Saturday over Sunday? Let's consider three reasons that will surprise your non-Seventh-day Adventist family and friends. Reason number one, going to church on Saturday is biblical and Sunday church attendance is not. God set aside the seventh day as a special day of rest, and it is called the Sabbath. God loves us. Yes. I always think about how amazing God's love for us is by giving us one special day. Those of you that are in the work world, you know how stressful work can be. And if you had to work seven days a week, and some people work eight days a week, I don't know how they do that, but uh, you can imagine that if you had a day off, that if somebody would say, hey, I'm going to give you a day off because I love you, how amazing that would be. In Mark two twenty-seven, Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for humans, not just Jews. So if you're a human, I mean, I don't know, well, I don't want to reveal my, anyway, um, although a lot of scientific or science fiction um, movies and stories are about aliens, we don't have any on this planet. We're all a human, right? So Sabbath was made for you. According to Genesis 2 1 to 3, this special time on Saturday was given to humankind at creation, 2,000 years before there were any Jews. At creation, God performed three deliberate acts to make this special time uniquely different from the other days of the week. God rested, God blessed, and God sanctified the seventh day. So that is not man doing that, that is God doing that. A special relationship. God's people from Adam to Abraham enjoyed the special relationship with him. These were children of God before the Jews came on the scene. This continued until the time of Christ. Jesus kept the Sabbath each week. Luke 4:16 says as his custom was, right? He did what? He went into the sanctuary, he went into the synagogue. Okay? Matter of fact, that first Sabbath, okay? He announced or the first Sabbath of his ministry, he announced to the Jewish nation, reading from Isaiah, what his mission was going to be about. When did he announce that? He announced that on the Sabbath. The disciples and the apostles kept the Sabbath. Acts 18.4 would tell you that. Acts 18.11. Acts 18.11, uh, excuse me, and Acts 16.13. So one key text, by the way, if you're Bible student. I don't have time to read all the text, but mark them down as I tell them, because what I'm trying to do is, you guys perhaps know what I'm talking about, but it's not only for you. What I'm bringing now is mostly for you to go and talk to your non-Adventist family and friends, co-workers about this, okay? So you have to have the biblical text to back up what you're talking to them about. So those texts again, Christ kept the Sabbath, Luke 4, 16. The disciples and apostles kept it, Acts eighteen four, Acts 18, 11, and Acts 16, 13. One key text that shows the importance of Sabbath is found in Isaiah 66, 22 to 23. Isaiah was a prophet. And besides speaking the word of God for that time, prophets also predicted what? The future, okay? Which states that the Sabbath will be kept in the earth made new. That to me is significant because I think of the earth made new. No longer this particular mannerism of planet. We'll still be here in the solar system, in this position, but the atmosphere, the surface of the earth, under the earth, the season, all like that will be changed, will be completely brand new, okay, like at creation time. And one of the things we're going to do there is keep the Sabbath. So why the change from Sabbath to Sunday? The change came long after the disciples had died. We have to remember that. By the third and fourth centuries, history records some Christians who kept the pagan worship day of Sunday in Rome, where the church was compromising to escape persecution. Persecution. Now, I'm going to say that again, and I want you to reflect on what's going to happen to us in the next last days. We're living in last days now, but in the, you know, just before Christ comes, right? So Christians kept Sunday, third and fourth century, to escape persecution. Mm-hmm. However, there was always the few faithful. Faithful. Persecution did nothing to eliminate the Sabbath. Satan's next tactic was to make the Roman Catholic Church piously powerful and politically stable. After that, this power officially sanctioned Sunday keeping instead of Saturday or Sabbath keeping. So when you compromise just a little, what happens? Okay, you're doomed. You're going down the trail that Satan wants you to go down. Reason number two. Many Christians think that keeping the Sabbath rather than Sunday is a form of legalism. A form of legalism. However, they say that only about the fourth commandment, not the other nine, because they would have issues with civil law if they had, if they started mucking about with the, with the other nine like they do the fourth commandment. Sabbath keeping is not legalism. It is love because Jesus in John fourteen fifteen said what? If you love me, keep my commandments. Since Sabbath is the Bible day for weekly worship, Sabbath is reserved out of love for our creator, our savior, and our redeemer. Also, Sabbath is God's official, God's official memorial between him and his people. Exodus 31, 17. If you're God's people, if you attain to be God's people, you're going to keep the Sabbath because he's already told the world in this text that this is a sign. It's a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Also, this is found in Ezekiel 20:12. So we look at this great nation that was founded on biblical principles because they escaped persecution in Europe, they came to America. I don't care what any 50-year-old and downward historian tells you, okay, because they have forgotten the history or they don't want to sanction the history the Christian history of America, of the United States of America. And they 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 throw it out, even during Thanksgiving. Because I remember when I we was growing up, we were always Thanksgiving, we would decorate with pilgrims and the Indians, you know, the schools and stuff like that. Um, but now it's Turkey Day. I even had an Adventist two weeks ago You know, send me a text about Turkey Day. What in the world is Turkey Day? Okay, this is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to the God that has preserved us for a year. But we've kind of gotten away from that. Well, what about this nation getting away from its true foundings of uh, the Sabbath? If you're God's people, he sanctifies us, and the sign is the Sabbath. And just prior to the second coming of Jesus, a message from God calls everyone to worship him that made heaven, earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters, right? Revelations fourteen six and 7. When we love, we trust. Now get this. If we cannot trust God to care for our earthly selves, or livelihood doing one day a week, how can we truly say that I trust him for my eternal life? Reason number three, God often invites us to test him. For example, Malachi 3 and tithes. Okay, Uh, we pay our tithes faithfully because we trust God. What? Sabbath also contains a challenge. God invites us to give him one-seventh of our time. I mean, this is God, the sovereign of the universe. He could have said, hey, you guys are going to have worship or you're going to keep the Sabbath day holy six days a week because I'm God, okay? And one day would be for your, your work and taking care of yourself and I would take care of you. He could have done that, okay? But it's just that one day that he requires of our time. According to Isaiah 58, 13 to 14, if if we do, he promises to bless us. And a blessing comes this way. Resting on the Sabbath will restore you physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. The Sabbath de-stresses me from the burdens of life. Since Sabbath keeping is God's command, it leaves no room to compromise for a pressing project at work or any other thing that might come up. Sabbath keeping is not a good intention that, will get, that I will get to one day. It is God's command, no questions asked. So I happily do it and leave everything else to the other six days. Mark 2, 28. States that God made Sabbath for humans. The Sabbath is not something that God does to us, but something wonderful He does for us. Second part is eight arguments in favor of keeping Sunday holy. So your friends, your non-Adventist relatives, the neighbors. Even the stranger that you meet on the street will come up with these eight arguments. And I would like to explore with you this topic by Eckhart Mueller, Associate Director for the Biblical Research Institute at the General Conference World Headquarters. The eight arguments are this, and you probably have heard them before, I have. The Ten Commandments state, keep holy the Sabbath day. Uh, argument number two, for God, all days are equal. Argument three, the Lord's day mentioned in Scripture is Sunday. Scri- uh, argument four, the calendar was changed. We do not know which day is Sabbath. Argument five, we celebrate Sunday because we remember Christ's resurrection. Argument six, the law. And therefore, also the commandment to keep the Sabbath are abolished. Argument number seven, the early church celebrated Sunday. And argument eight, Sunday is part of the church's tradition. So these are arguments you might have heard. So we have to refute them with um, the Bible. So arguments revealed. Argument number one is true. The Bible in Exodus 20 verse 8 tells us to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But Christians automatically reflect to keep in Sunday holy because they don't read or accept verse 10. Okay, which tells them which day to keep holy. Okay, it doesn't say keep the first day of the week holy. It doesn't say keep the sixth day of the week holy. It says keep the seventh day of the week holy. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. That's biblical. Argument number two. If all days are equal with God, why did he rest on the seventh day during creation week? And, Why would Jesus wish that Christians would observe that day if it did not matter? Luke 4, 16. If it did not matter, why did he keep the Sabbath the seventh day? For example, no one, and we could go to war or something like this, no one would think of moving the United States of America's Independence Day from July 4 to July 5. Right? That's inconceivable. Nobody would do that. Nor can the Sabbath simply be moved from the seventh day to the first day of the week. Argument three, the Lord's Day. Yes, the Lord's Day is mentioned in scripture, but does not reference Sabbath as the first day of the week. The term is found in Revelations 1.10 with Apostle John Going into vision on a Sabbath. God only calls the Sabbath his holy day. Isaiah fifty-eight thirteen. And according to Exodus 2010, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Not until the second century in Rome did the term the Lord's Day. Began to be used by the church fathers to refer to Sunday. Okay, so we also can look at history. Okay, second century in Rome, the church started calling Sunday the Lord's Day. Okay, but it's not the Sabbath. Argument four, due to calendar changes, we do not know which day is Sabbath. Yes, we do. James Robertson from the United States Naval Observatory wrote in 1932, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, there has been no change in our calendar in past centuries that affected in any way the cycle of the week. In other words, you can have a million different calendars, it is not going to change that we have seven days to a week. Man cannot change that. Man cannot invent an eighth day or take away a day so we only have six days. When Pope Gregory Thirteenth made a change from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar, the order of days were not affected. So in 1582, October the fourth was followed by when he changed the calendar was followed by Friday, October the fifteenth. So let me say that again. So Pope Gregory the Thirteenth made a change. We went from the Julian or the Roman calendar to the Gregorian calendar that we follow today. Okay. So with that change, they changed it on uh, in eighteen or fifteen eighty two. They changed it on Thursday, October the fourth and the next day they jumped to October the 15th, but they didn't jump days. It went from Thursday to Friday. Argument five. One of the favorite arguments for Sunday worship is that we remember Christ's resurrection. They would come up with that all the time. And if you don't recognize Christ's resurrection, then what kind of Christian are you, right? Jesus did not, Jesus did not command the keeping of Sunday in remembrance of his resurrection. Matter of fact, his last words to his disciples, if any change were to come, standing on the Mount of Olives before he ascended, he would say, and look, I've been thinking about this. Let's make this change, okay? I want you guys to go. When you go and preach the gospel, starting in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the world. Please tell people that I changed this. Just before he did not say that. What was his words when he talked to his disciples for the last time? And they're recorded in all four gospels. Were about their commission, not any changes. So in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, commission. In Mark sixteen fifteen, their commission. And Luke twenty four forty seven, their commission. And in John twenty one, twenty two, their commission. No changes. It is not the day that memorizes, that memorializes, excuse me, Christ's resurrection, but baptism and the Lord's supper. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 states, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. This is what memorializes Christ's resur- death and resurrection, not Sunday Sabbath or Sunday worship. God is the creator. He alone has the authority to change or abolish the Sabbath commandment. Nowhere in scripture has he done this. Argument number six. No Christian really believes that the law, the 10 commandments were abolished because they keep the civil law, which is based on the moral law of God. They do not kill, they do not rape their neighbor's wife. They do not steal. They do not lie in court. All of those nine, they do not uh, destricate, except for the fourth commandment. The problem is that Christians take liberty with the fourth commandment. Sometimes they declare that it's among all the others as ceremonial in nature. However, the Sabbath commandment is not ceremonial, but a reminder of creation and liberation. And the one thing that Satan does not want us humans to do is to worship God as God ordained us to worship him. So everything that he does on this planet since the time that he enticed Eve to eat of that fruit down to today is to get us Distracted from the true God and worshiping him, he wants it all for his greedy self, his greedy lion still and murder self. Argument number six, and I'm going to continue with argument number six, while there are different laws in the Bible, the Ten Commandments are still valid. James two ten tells us for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point. He is guilty of all. So basically, in simple terms, if you don't keep Sabbath, you have broken God's Ten Commandments, period. So everybody going to church, or I don't even have to say just going to church, everybody that uses this day for whatever they want to use it for, they have broken God's Ten Commandments. The prophet Daniel, in chapter 7, And verse 25, Daniel 7, 25, predicted that a power would come in the last days to change times and the law. This religious slash silver power did change the worship day. God did not change it. Neither did Jesus change it. However, since this religious silver power is not God, its change is not valid no matter how steeped in tradition it may stand. Argument seven is not in the New Testament. The first primitive church did not keep Sunday as a day of worship. However, that's a primitive church. I'm talking about the disciples and with the apostles, okay, that met in homes. Where the Holy Spirit just overflowed them and thousands were baptized in the day and miracles were performed. OK. And they moved out of Jerusalem into all the world. Okay, And then finally, when the last disciple died, that was John who died naturally. Right. The others were martyred. Okay, Uh, No Sabbath change. They all kept the Sabbath. However, traces of Christians keeping Sunday can be found in the mid-2nd century, sometimes in addition to Sabbath. So this is where the compromise will come in, okay? So we are ordered by the state, by the country, Rome, to observe Sunday, okay? Well, uh, we're Sabbath keepers. Well, okay, well, we'll have our Sabbath worship first, okay, on the seventh day, and then we're kind of like, you know... Act like we're worshiping on Sunday also. Okay, and then little by little, trickle by trickle, okay, it came in. So reasons for observing Sunday may also have included the desire to differentiate, differentiate themselves from Jews and to enable Gentiles to become Christians more easily. So not to be equated with Jews, okay, we're going to start worshiping on Sunday. Ever wonder why the Holy Spirit cut the Bible off at Revelations with the last living disciple, John? So all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? And the last book of the Bible is Revelations. It doesn't continue after that. Imagine if the Bible continued to be written during the time of the second and the third century. You see how the Roman Catholic Church changed things all the way down to now with their traditions? Imagine, if the, God knows everything. God knows the future. God is eternal. God is all wise, and he knows what he is doing, and it's our salvation that he's concerned with. Out of his love for us. So with John writing Revelation, that's all we needed to know with the plan of salvation. From Genesis to Revelation. And anything else that comes after that is man's tradition. Some Christians may with a loud gong to wrongly believe, so wrongly believe that Apostle Paul held church on Sunday. And they get this from Acts twenty. Verses 7 and 8. Acts 27 and 8. Now, if the Jewish reckoning is used here, it was Saturday night. So hell in church all day Saturday and then into the night, right? And Paul set on, out on his journey the next day Sunday. If we take the Roman reckoning, okay, it was Sunday night. So the breaking of bread took place on the next day, Monday. So they use that, oh, Paul broke bread on on, uh, Sunday. They use that as an excuse to, oh, breaking of bread is communion. Not remembering that in these small churches, they broke bread or they ate together all the time. You know, breakfast, supper, lunch. Okay, that's not the communion service. That's not only the communion service. So neither opinion supports the sanctification of Sunday. Then just when the Christian steeped in his or her tradition and centuries old lives, begins to see the light. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Paul is not having communion service, they're not worshiping on Sunday, okay? They're just having a get together. When they start to see that, then Satan blinds them with the tithes being collected by Paul on Sunday. So this is in 1 Corinthians 16, two to three. But this is not tithes being collected. This is money being collected for the poor. You can collect money from the poor any time, okay? A worship service is not pictured here. Last argument. Sunday is part of the church's tradition, right it is. In ancient times in the Roman Empire, the unconquered sun god, that's uh, Deus Sol Invictus, was worshipped. In AD 321, Emperor Constantine issued the first official Sunday law. Only after this time was keeping Sunday enforced by civil and later church law. This was done by man, not by God. So my question is, are all traditions bad? Yes, when they brazenly go contrary to what God has already explicitly told his people what to do. In Matthew 15, 3 and 9, Jesus rejected traditions when opposed to the will of God. And he was talking to his Jewish people and he rejected their traditions because they interfered with what God had already told them to do. So my appeal to you today, whether you are many decades, centuries, years, um, worshiper of the true God on his day, the seventh day, or if you are new to Sabbath keeping worship, is that you remember that He gave us this day out of love for us. He wants that intimate relationship with us, okay? And this is the one day that we can get it and we can give it. Okay, it's just so precious to me. 24 hours, okay, I get to be with my Lord, my Creator, my Savior. In that time, I get to relate to him in a communal way, a familiar way, with my wife and my, my children, okay? And then extend it to the church family. Um, not having to worry about not head students, not wanting to do their work. Not worrying about administrators just not really getting the picture because they've been outside of the classroom for so long. Not have to be worried about uh, you know, get to this and get to that, and I got to go over here and do this and do that. I just, when Friday prior to the sun going down, it's just like, <gasps> just let it all go. And it's not, it's not. Even now, after so many years or decades, been doing it, it's not easy because I'm human. I am selfish. I want to do my own thing. But because God loved me first and I love him in return, I want to obey him. So I go to him and get help from his Holy Spirit into even keeping his day or remembering to keep his day holy. It is not me. I cannot do it on my own. Okay, but God can do it through me. May God bless you on his holy Sabbath day. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you have given us such a gift in Sabbath. But the best gift that you have given us is your son, Jesus Christ, who has made eternal life possible for us, made living in heaven possible for us for a thousand years, have made coming back to the new earth possible. Has made this joy in our hearts possible. Lord, we thank you throughout all eternity. We want to praise you and thank you even more. Be with your Sabbath keepers, Lord. May they share with others what you, this gift that you have for us, help us to be alive missionaries wherever we go, okay, with the good news. And the good news is that Jesus loves us and God loves us also. In God's, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.